This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 241, Voolwraith Cabal Anecdotes. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. So I want to lead this stuff off today, Hunter, because we're talking about Cabal today. But my most recent game that had Cabal in it, I was not Cabal, and I just want to talk about my soul game really fast. Okay? Oh, okay. Will you indulge me? Oh, of course. Of course. What is this show if not (laughs) indulging Matt? (laughs) Matt indulgences. Yes, Matt. Talk about whatever you wish. Even though they just heard the title of the episode, mm-hmm. let's have a big conversation about Soul. No, 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 no. It won't be big. I just want to say that I played Soul and I got Maw of Worlds round one. And so then uh-huh. and didn't have an agenda phase till round two. So I had an out I had a I had a round and a half to sort of mull over what tech I wanted to get. And uh, in this game, I ended up. We had two tech and two colors out, so I, you know, I kind of right. had to stick with the blue green. That blue Soul green, had, baby. Which there's nothing wrong with that for Soul, right? Obviously, I, I, I love that. Uh, but I also had a, um, I had Jail Ear managed to get a tech skip on it, so it was like, all right, we're gonna do Bio Stims, uh, Soul. That's gonna be my green tech is Bio Stims, because then I can refresh right. uh, that planet over and over again. It was totally worth it. Super cool. Uh, but within all the rest of that. I found a green skip, and I decided <laughs> to get War Sons with my Maw of Worlds, as opposed to mm-hmm. the integrated economy that we apparently recommended in our episode about what every faction should get with Maw of Worlds. You know, remember that episode? Yeah, yeah. Like, you said in, yeah. We, we said integrated because I don't know. So, like, you what else integrated. do you do? Sure. You said integrated. Well, I got War Sons, which doesn't actually make a ton of sense for Soul, but I did it anyways, and uh. I then got X89 Bacterial Weapon, uh, and I also had Light Wave Deflectors. <laughs> so I had four movement, no, three movement War Suns that could go through anything and then mm-hmm. uh, bombard planets into nothingness. Now, that's that sounds fun and cute and cool. I will note that X89 was the last on that list that I acquired, and I did not use it a single time. I never actually killed a single <laughs> You got X89 and it didn't pay off in any way? (laughs) Exactly. Whoa. At episode 241, we've made quite the discovery. (laughs) Apparently. Whoa, whoa, wait. Can you repeat that one more time, Matt? We've only been doing this show for almost five years. What was that you just discovered? I discovered. You genius pants, you. You little smarty little farty. Even when it's a war sun hitting three on a three. You don't end up using X89 kind of ever. Now, I got X89 to, to scare off my uh, Arborek neighbor who was Brassbird. And I think there was at least a little bit of effect in in having X89, Arborek had to back off, right? Like, they didn't get to just have answers to me. It's like, you have two planets with two mechs each on it. That's all you can protect from me anymore. The rest is mine if I decide to have it. Uh, but Wait, then I don't just they never have did. answers to that, though? Because don't they don't their uh, mechs have planetary shield? It's a war sun, brother. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> X89 goes through planetary shield if you have a war sun. Yarp. 
So, oh, but, okay. But you cool. still need three hits or more. So I had both War Sons on the board, but yeah, it just it never uh, never happened. Never it turns out when you play diplomatically, uh, you don't need to fight stuff. Usually, you still talk your way into doing planet trades and stuff. So, anyways, that's my crazy soul story. Uh, that someday when we do soul in this project of many episodes per, uh, then we'll we'll you know we'll just do we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how good War Sons are on soul. We'll talk about that again. What you just talked about now on the show. Yeah, we'll do it again, we'll and that'll be the whole thesis around to it. Yeah, it'll be the will whole point the of one episode. Will you re-say the discovery you made about X eighty nine? Oh, in I'll that copy. Episode? I will literally copy and paste this audio waveform into that episode. That you episode know, will start with this conversation. Right. <laughs> I think it's crazy that they still haven't noticed that we did that already. <laughs> Like several times, like you know, all those weeks where we didn't actually record a new episode and we just copied and pasted old. the audio from like an old episode into a new one and we gave it like a new title. Right? Yeah. I can't believe they never even Nobody's noticed that. Calm. You're gonna cut this part out, right? No, like, no, this no, isn't no, going no. it. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's. It's cut out of this episode, but it's copy and pasted into an episode ten episodes from now. So they'll hear yeah, it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We haven't recorded any new episodes uh, since 2019. Uh, we've just been recycling the old content. Yeah, we actually yeah, yeah. moved on. We don't. I work at a Denny's, <laughs> and Matt is works at a construction. I yard sell timeshares in Florida, man. It's going great down yeah. there. I tell you what, yeah. it's breezy, beautiful Florida with all yeah, the things. Easy breezy, beautiful Florida. Um, <laughs> so, what are we actually going to talk about today, Matt? Yeah. I mean. You're, it's anecdotal. I wonder, what even type of episode is this, Matt? I wonder Matt, how, what is this? I know. I wonder how people are, are vibing with this new style of uh, thing that we're doing, which is, I guess, to, to a certain type of listener, it might just sound like, so what? They just do every episode off the cuff and lazily now? Is that the thing where we just sort of, well, I mean, we just wanted to theory craft about Cabal without any like real thoughts to it. Well, this time we just want to tell stories about Cabal. So it's kind of that, I guess, if you want to be like that way about it. Uh, today wow. is this is your introduction. This is to my this introduction style to the episode idea. is no, no, you no. saying that it's us being lazy, <laughs> like, saying... but you're pretending to be a listener. Uh-huh. Saying that I'm going to defend you ourselves this. now. Now is the part where I turn it around and I say this is like a progress report of Cabal. This is how things have been going so far with the games that we've been playing uh, as or with Cabal in them, things we've been learning as we hyper-focus on Cabal in as many games as we can. It's not like a final say, but we kind of wanted to take an opportunity to talk about uh, how it's been going. Um, I think this is our rare opportunity to talk about the weird tangential things that can happen with factions, um, which is not something that usually makes it into like a thing that would be called a strategy guide. Normally we sort of sure. turn turn our noses up at the idea of like, well, let's talk about when Cabal can get the relic that is junior that spawns structure. Like we, we're not going to do a whole bit about that in like a big strategy guide that's supposed to be like a introductory course to Cabal. But today maybe we can kind of squeeze some of those sorts of ideas in. So this is this is your anecdotal take on Cabal. We are setting, we're still in the process of doing the science. And so this is just sort of our book report of what's going on so far. Yeah, I like uh, framing it as a progress report or something like, you know, this is like us just telling you about the games we've played thus far 
in this cabal process. It's yeah. about how we feel. It's about what we have noticed. Um, it's also a chance for us to take all the topics that we brought up as possible things to explore yeah. in our theory crafting cabal episode, which was episode 237. You should check it out. Yep. If you have not listened to that one first, I think it will help this one make more sense yeah. as far as what we are doing. Also, this is, I just want to call attention to the fact that this is a new style of covering factions, and this is our first faction, so expect maybe this process to get better or refine itself. Yeah. Um, but let's maybe start at the top yeah. of just like, how do we feel right now? Let's just take our temperatures. Yeah. How do we feel about this faction, the, the Volwraith Cabal that we have been playing yeah. Um for uh, a good a good while now. Yeah. It's well, also I've been thinking about. I'll I'll get ahead of it and say I've I personally have played very little Cabal. Uh, I've not been getting the games together to play Cabal whereas you have and you've been yourself specifically playing Cabal. A part of that well, Matt, is you're, everyone knows on the, that listens to the show, you're kind of a mind theater guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You step into the mind theater. I you don't play this board game is the reality. You're like Sherlock in the Sherlock show. Yeah. You're mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, you know, have you ever seen mm -hmm, the Benedict Cumberbatch mm -hmm, Sherlock mm -hmm. show? Go on. You're like in the room yeah. imagining things and going to like a different plane of existence. Yeah, I'm like that's that so is, Raven. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. Yeah, kind of stuff. or Raven. Yeah, Raven, Raven Simone. Simone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I've been watching games I've, I've been going back and looking through games on the youtubes of uh tournament games and stuff like that of people playing cabal and seeing like what the trends are with other people that are really good at cabal um and i mean i did the introduction so i've played i put in my homework a few months ago is my other prevailing theory so part of it's me just not having enough time to get in as many games as i should be uh, and part of it is doing my research in other ways. I have had a couple games uh, recently with Cabals in them. And my take right now is that Cabal can be played in a way that doesn't have to be this like, well, the whole game is us talking about Cabal. I feel like there was a point in time where that was like the, the theory, the thing. If Cabal made it into a draft in the 2021 tournament it felt like the whole draft became about cabal in the same way that like a whole draft will become about sar right. i don't think that's the case anymore i think people recognize that like cabal can be pretty annoying but it's not like a top tier pick it's not like this amazing thing they sometimes cabal just goes completely unpicked because nobody wants to deal with it it's not that amazing of a faction even though it has a couple tools to like flex a, a sort of muscle but that muscle doesn't necessarily always result in 10 victory points and so then i just feel like the vibe of cabal has really settled and uh the other major takeaway i have uh to to preface all of this is i don't find any semblance of cabal fanatics being out there nobody cares about this faction like they do with like Every faction has like a diehard, you know, camp mm. of fans, and I don't right. see it. I don't see it with Cabal. Everybody who talks about Cabal is like, yeah, I mean, every once in a while I'll play a Cabal game, and this is how I think about them, but there's nobody doing the treatise on Cabal. Although today we will, I will put forward a person that I believe should write that treatise. We'll talk about that later. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like, so of the expansion factions... Um, Cabal, I would say, is in one of the kind of underperforming camps, yeah. along with uh, Mahakt. The difference being that Mahakt has like kind of a cult of people that 
that really strongly believe that there's um, some fundamentals there, some good some good aspects of the faction that perhaps me and you have not quite seen yet. Right. Um, or I should speak for myself that I have not seen yet. I'm sure, Matt, maybe you have. Well, and now um, we this year in the qualifiers, we have seen Mahawked uh, succeeding quite well. Uh, that's true. Mahawked and Titans both uh, way overperformed compared to many other factions in the qualifiers. So we're starting to see that there's maybe something to Mahawked that, yeah, we haven't talked about previously. Yeah. So... As far as my overall feelings, though, um, on Cabal at this point, I would not say I feel very positive. Yeah. I would place Cabal on a continuum between where you have Arborek on one side. Arborek is a faction that um, I love because they have a lot of interesting abilities. However, however, it feels like those abilities do not run parallel to the victory point yeah. conditions. Right. They, they seem to run perpendicular. They lead to a different type of strategy. You then have Sar, which is also, I think, kind of related to Arborek and Cabal in that all three of these uh, factions are like kind of hyper-aggressive, maximized plastic mm -hmm. type factions. Sar has this uh, ability to just kind of swallow up other players, but is given a lot of versatility that allows them to be very good at scoring public objectives. Mm -hmm. Cabal, I would play somewhere in, in the middle between the two. Um, I it does not I think have the versatility to earn it the kind of accolades that you might give a SAR. It is not as interesting or finely tuned to do one specific thing in the way that Arborek does. Um, in a way, I find Cabal actually maybe the biggest feature of them is that I feel like they are kind of somewhat unexciting in their uh, you know kit as far as their presentation goes. This is um, if your goal with designing. Uh, Cabal was like, I want another faction that can just kind of pump out a lot of plastic. The capture mechanic is a very simple way, I feel like, to execute that. Just give them plastic that they just kind of get for free, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there is, I think, a lot of interesting potential in capture, but there's not enough um, elements of the game that mechanically play off of capture. For, yes. I would say, six months, I did not know that Cabal could capture units and then return them to any oh, yeah. player as part of a transaction. Sure. I did not know that whatsoever. Um, they also don't have to do it as a transaction. They can just do it anytime they want. They can just give um, the stuff back. Yeah. Um, now, do I feel like that's some sort of route to exploring a new thing with Cabal? Not really, no. Um, and thus far, I have not really enjoyed my games. If I can just allow that to be in there, I, I haven't really had a lot of fun uh, playing this faction. Yeah. Um, I know that a lot of people were kind of put off when I did not really enjoy Mahawked, um, or at least that was the perception that I didn't like it. Um, and maybe I even said that I didn't like it. But to be honest, I've had a lot more fun thinking about Mahawked since yeah. I played them for the introduction episode. Um, Cabal, I have not had very much fun thinking about or yes. really playing. In that I don't feel like... I feel like the theorycraft element of this Cabal kind of extravaganza has not really yielded a lot of interesting results. Mm -hmm. um, they feel like a faction that, I mean, Matt, you were saying this before we started, um, that feels mostly actually figured out yeah. and that there isn't um, a lot to kind of, you know, change up or, or shift in any way. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's just that what people have for the kit right now for Cabal seems to regularly add up to nine points, but not necessarily 10. Right. But of course, 10 happens. I mean, Cabal yeah. 
does win games. I, I would never say like Arbor X style thing of show me your cabal wins because I don't believe that they're there. They are there. I yeah. see them. They've happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there are there are tickets to Cabal's success. The thing is, none of them are fancy tricks and none of them are all that complicated. It's stuff that we've kind of said over and over. And to me, the, the most telling factor of all of it is we had a channel on our discord dedicated to everyone. Let's just start talking about Cabal for like a month. We had it up. There. Yeah. Pre we had a lot of Cabal. people weigh in. And, yeah. and but even within everybody weighing in. Not that much discourse, not that much right. like not much argument of like, could this work over this? It's just like, yeah, I mean, it's it's these couple things. And that's about it. Uh, th there's just there's not that much nuance to this faction, at least not yet. I mean, I, I don't want to ever say like, oh, no one's ever going to un uncover some trick to Cabal. But it really just feels like there's not some big trick. If I was going to list anything as the stuff that people like stan about people like really get behind it's the bio stims thing that's the only thing that's like you don't necessarily do every single game but the people right. that do it fall really in love with it and this this vortex bio stims thing is what is the only thing that feels like a trick or even the vortex bio stims sling relay thing the idea of like i've right. got two stalls that are getting stuff out and like and there is a synergy there and i like it and we're going to talk about where I think that idea is going um, to try to better further cement it later later on in this episode. But we're going to still kind of stick with just story time for a little bit. But yeah, I, I just beyond that, you know, I haven't seen any compelling arguments for Dimensional Tear 2, like upgrading the space dock. I haven't seen anybody no, make a case for why that needs to happen. And it's I tried I mean, to do it in one of my games and yeah. just could not come up with I just could not go all the way. I was like, I'm just going to be wasting yeah, um, my own momentum in order to do this. Right. So, Big Al did yeah. it in his tournament game, and di I mean, it, it it seemingly accomplished very, very little. I'm sure Big Al could come up with some things of like, well, it did help me with this, this, and this. I mean, there's a reason I got it, and I think all that's fine and well. But it's not like when we're talking about those kinds of things, we're trying to see if there's something that like truly unlocks the potential of a faction. Right. And I really only have a couple things to look at for the potential of Cabal. Um. And we, we, once we kind of talk through a bunch of these an anecdotes, I think we'll sort of synergize these ideas at the end of this episode to, to really sell the idea. So, yeah, yeah, that's where we're both at with this faction is like not that hot on it. Although I should say this. I played them before for the introduction. Hunter, you played them. You have not been enjoying playing them. I do enjoy playing Cabal, even if it's like I don't always get wins. I mean, I already don't always get wins. I, I rarely get wins. Uh, and I I like the mobility of Cabal. Even if it's, like, not always the flashiest thing, if people gum really well, it can be like, well, I guess I don't have the movement I thought I did. But I, I, to me, that's the most fun way to play TI is when my ships can definitely get where I want them to get. I'm really mm -hmm. bored by a game where I have no movement potential, and it's just like, well, I guess I have to, like, plan out my moves two rounds in advance because I have to, like, slowly sort of dole out my expansions and kind of flood each thing out. I can't do that very well. So I like being able to, within a round, very snap decision, like this stuff can get all the way over there, so I'll make sure it gets all the way over there. I, I like that style of stuff, even when it loses. That stuff is fun to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's understandable. It's just, it's not really doing anything for me that I find interesting. I right. think it's uh, just kind of, yep, lots of plastic. That's that's good, I guess. Right. Um. I feel like um, I need what I need is more time 
honestly. Yeah. Um, if I'm being real, I think what I would need to do to really learn to love this faction is to play them like 20 times or right. 30 times. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I will play them 30, 30 well, times. And what I hope, though, is that you get to, you know, we're going to like probably take a short break from Cabal, bounce into another faction, come back around to Cabal. Like we're going to kind of jump around. And my hope is... We're, we start working on some other faction, but you still get to see a couple other people play Cabal. And if anything, I'm not saying you're going to see some new trick that opens your eyes. If anything, I think if you see other players doing the same things that you would have done and having the same level of success, it'll just sort of like sign on the dotted line for you. Like, yeah, that's it. That's all there is. That that actually is all there is to Cabal, and it's fine. And I don't necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't think you have to play 20 more games to feel like you properly get it. I think you're pretty close to getting it, but it's like kind of underwhelming that it's that that's all there is to get. Maybe, maybe I, I, I and that's even me getting in high school. I need to play them a few more times to like feel kind of happy with where I am with them. But uh, I, I do think by their very nature, there's a certain point to them that is just they're kind of underwhelming a little bit. Yeah, I feel like they are. I hope no one's listening to this thinking like we're saying, oh, they're just like a bad faction. Um, I don't think they are bad. In fact, I think like they can regularly do pretty good. Yeah. It's just like those things in a faction that helps them close the deal. Mm -hmm. I don't think Cabal really has anything like that. And in fact, I think in a weird way, Cabal games can be decided pretty early. Right. And then you just kind of get to round five and you're like, okay, well, I'm at nine. I might win. Yeah. But then it's like the only way your win is actually going to happen is um, basically by the seventh player giving you, you know, a little godsend or something. Right. I, I find that I do not like factions where they have um, a need to take Mechatol Rex in order to get a boon, but they are not good at taking Custodians mm -hmm. because Custodians is so much better than a Mechatol Rex point. Yeah. Uh, unless we're talking about a faction that can get to nine without the Mechatol Rex point and then finish it off that way. Yeah. Which I feel like I've not seen Cabal do. Mm -hmm. um, the idea that Cabal needs to take Imperial mid game in order to score, you know, a Mechatol Rex point in order to stay in the running means that we get behind on secret tempo. And I've never been able to like kind of parse. Yeah that problem yeah basically I, I think that's a good point can you uh do a bit more details on some of your specific games and how those problems came up rather than it being kind of like a nebulous thing like what how did some of the games go and within like your tech pads okay. and stuff and, yeah yeah and we so can, then what we can do. got in the way of your secret tempo or whatever it is like what what do you think held you up in some of your games okay interesting yeah no we can do my games now um, so for the first game I played um, against Argent, Nomad, NRA, Asarl, and Titans. I actually played against Asarl twice, and I was trying to keep the spread pretty loose. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up uh, having a horrible start, which was that I um, built plastic with money, and I uh, researched tech, and no one picked construction mm. of that group. I do not remember why. Um, I got pushed around a lot. This was a game that I was playing with the Deft Piper. Um, so there was a lot of shenanigans. Mm -hmm. um, my slice was pretty mediocre overall, which I find to be a complete no-go with Cabal. 
Um, at this point, my I'm convinced that if you do not have a high influence slice, there basically isn't a point yep. to playing Cabal, yep. in my opinion. Firmly agree. This was like the most mediocre slice I played with. Um, I did have a blue and a green skip. It was kind of this awkward thing of like, well, let's give me a blue or a green, uh, blue and green skip because everybody wanted me to do Biostim Sling Relay, yeah. which I think would be fine. But I actually think a more reliable strategy at this point might be to just aim for bio stems, yeah, and not and let let sling relay be like a, a great extra if yes. we can swing it, not something to set out for from the onset. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up being a game where I believe I ended up almost having a shot at the win for no good reason, sure, um, because n- no one picking construction is really damaging to uh, that first round as Cabal. You pretty much have to pick construction yourself round one, I'm convinced, or or you're going to have to take it round two, which I think is even weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, for my second game, that was kind of defined by... I was playing with uh, a Yin, a Mentak, um, and then I believe an Empyrean, and I can't remember the other one, um, and I don't have it in my notes. Uh, that one was defined by me being next to a Yin player who I felt like I could eliminate with mentak their other neighbor and then we didn't do that because i don't believe that you really get anything by eliminating anyone yeah but the problem is that i feel like i did not do a very good job of extorting that player for all they were worth yeah yeah um which is another problem i feel like you can get into but this was a setup where i had a space dock in the equidistant which is cool but it was also my first space dock that i put down and that i do not recommend Mm mm-hmm that is why in the second game I was not able to really do anything with Mechatol Rex um, because I didn't have that round two access. Yeah. I believe there's something to taking Mechatol Rex on round two as Cabal because the only way you keep it as compared to somebody like Muat that just parks a war sun there and it's yeah. like, all right, I got gotcha. you. Right. Um, you keep it, I think, mostly by just being able to build a lot of plastic either on Mechatol Rex itself, which is great, or on, you know, a planet adjacent to Mechatol Rex. And that's going to take some time. That's going to take some momentum. Yep. But the fact that you can get there on round two, I feel like, does mean it's worth it. And also, Mechatol Rex happens to be worth six influence, which is helpful with the whole, you know, command counter problem yeah. that you are pretty much always going to have. Yeah, there, there's um, definitely a ticket there that uh, Mechatol Rex gives you access to. And I think that is the right. biggest through line of any successes is like, Cabal should, uh, we'll get into my games later, but like, yeah, any any successes I've seen, it was because Cabal held Mechatol more or less the entire game. In the most recent game I played is Cabal. Uh, I played another one that I did not take very good notes on, so I'm sorry, I, I do not have a lot of observations from that. But my fourth game, um, which was my re- most recent, um, I played with a SAR in the game, and we did not work together, which of goes against something i was saying that i wanted to explore yeah but it just did not work out that way um it didn't feel right for me to work together with sar because they were playing very aggressive they were taking an early lead really going after it so it was like if i you know try and do the partner up with sar thing then sar is just going to win because they're already taking a lead i can't boat float somebody that's already taking a lead yeah basically oh for sure yes yeah that man that is the thing. I was going to talk about it when we get into my games, but I'll just say it too. When I And I think I talked about it in the Cabal introduction episode. I had a game with myself and Asar, uh, the bread of a Mahokt sandwich, and we could have right. swallowed up Mahokt. 
but I felt the same vibes, which is like, we could swallow this, but it's going to cost me way more than it costs Sar because Sar reloads on the front line, right? Sar, Sar loses sure. some ships, and then they reload on the front lines. I reload way back at home or whatever, so I'm sending stuff in for it to die, which just leaves that stuff more open for Sar. It felt like I was going to gift Sar a second slice and maybe get a couple planets out of it. And so I think that Sar relationship is really hard to establish because it's really hard for Sar not to get the better of it. <laughs> it's funny because I remember this game, Matt, because I was I played in this game mm -hmm. that you're referencing for yourself. And I actually disagree with you. I think in that game that you should have partnered with Sar and that actually no. you were experiencing the situation where you should. Yeah. I was experiencing the situation where you shouldn't. And that to me is defined by custodians in an early lead yeah the, the key so, the key to that decision from from mine i distinctly remember it is i would have had to fight the much more difficult to fight fleet like i, I had to fight like a flagship and some fighters and a carrier or something like that and sar was gonna right. just like clean up house with like all of this piddly stuff that mahawk hadn't reinforced so i was like right that's i tough. could have one bad combat that screws this all up for me it probably is in my favor i will probably win the combat but it could go bad, and that freaked me out, and so I backed off. Yeah. Well, regardless, uh, I feel like the SAR Cabal potential partnership thing is pretty questionable, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, as in, like, it feels like a theory-crafted thing that maybe doesn't really work in reality. Um, it's also interesting, like, we talked about that a lot in the Theory Crafting for Cabal episode, and it was something that um, had been submitted to us, I believe, by someone. I'm not sure exactly who. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is that I we don't really have any footage of this that I'm aware of. Uh, it's not something that felt appropriate in the game that I played. Um, also, another potential... Uh, Brian submitted a potential partnership with Asarl that I was never able to pull off, which is the idea of um, Asarl has an agent that copies your agent. You could both hoard plastic from mm -hmm. specific players, like, for example, taking all of Soul's carriers and just hoarding them. This also does not seem to really work in reality to me because, first of all, Asarl has other options. Yep. Okay? They don't have to do what you're talking about. Also, does it even work? Because... No. They, they can capture, but they can't do anything with it. They don't have an ability that lets them build well, units okay, for free. Yeah, They're just... That, so, part I un that part I understand. I just mean that um, it would require there to be... Uh, when someone gains commodities, can you, oh, can you both do it twice? Use no, of the I, don't, stars I don't think so. I think it's, that. yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think it'd be spaced out, and at that point, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense, does it? Right. Um, but maybe something I don't know, some sort of uh, work with Asarl to capture units and then do something with it. I yeah. don't know. Did, Actually, didn't really... I, I do think. Sorry, if it, specific, I don't want to get called out for it. I do think within the rules, it's the same as like a trade agreement. The ability is sort of specifically worded to like you select them when their commodities are refreshed. Yeah, I I, I don't know. It's two different people using the same ability. I really don't know. And I I it would literally it would probably take, be speaker order, would it not? I as don't know. Far it, as it would it would require it. a literal rules question that we don't have time for at the moment. I guess we'll we'll follow okay. up on that that idea. Well, yeah, an errata for that question would be nice. Yeah. Um, as far as the potential of that. Um, regardless of whether you can or can't do it. Um, it did not seem like something Isarl was interested in doing right. with me in, in either of the games. There are that almost I always better agents for them to use. Yeah. Um, they have just other options. Um, so, in that way, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the overview of my games. A lot of them were pretty underwhelming. I think 
I did, um, I was in striking distance in all of them, as far as, like, could I count to 10? I could. Yeah. Uh, in game four, my home system was taken uh, in the late game, but I did have a path to 10 right before it was taken, right. and it sucked because I had um, become a martyr, was going to be my 10th point, and someone decided it would, instead of being my 10th point, be my 8th point. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and that was unexpected. I just did not notice that they had light wave, and yeah, just... They just went for it, and so I didn't really have a choice there. Um, overall, I would say the games were fine. They were not particularly exciting, um, and I did not feel like, you know, I didn't feel like I was losing the whole time. I don't want to put that out there. I just felt like I did not have a very good way to sort of lock this up yeah. or swing this into, you know, like I feel like where we're at right now with POK, most of the factions that like lock things up have some sort of ability yeah. that is the cornerstone of their whole thing. Right. Like Argent is a good example of this, right? Like Airy Hollow Lattice. That's just like an ability we all think of because it locks up the game in the late game for Argent. Yeah. Right. And that's just a de facto thing that just happens. Right. You know, right. that's not something anyone else can approximate with like plastic or well, whatever. And it's clearly signposted too, right? It's, there right. are abilities out there that exist. And I do, I think there's a little bit of a secret sauce to Cabal, but it's not anything that's clearly signposted. So we'll we'll talk about that uh, ooh, here in a bit. I, I have one secret. idea. I, I, a, I, I, a, ooh, Matt. As we're talking. Mind palacing. I yeah. know. I'm, I'm sitting here mind palacing, and I have an idea. And, and I'm I'm basing this not just off mind palacing, but off of some games that I've played. So we're going to, after after a break here in a bit, like it'll be my turn to talk about stuff. Yeah, but. and actually, you know what? That's about all I have to say anyway, so we should just kind of cut it off there and we can g go to the ads and okay. then we can get into Matt's games. Great. Okay, we're back, and it's uh, it is it's my turn, Daddy's turn for uh, for some cabal stuff. Yeah, sit down, uh, <laughs> sit down, you fools. The 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 big one will talk to you now. Class is in session. Yeah. <laughs> sit down. No, uh, the master, I... <laughs> the master himself. So we already sort of made reference to uh, my my earlier memories of cabal. Uh, it, it, during like play testing, I pretty much ignored cabal. I thought they were trash uh, without uh, putting a finger on the pulse actually at all just looking at them i was like well those abilities don't make any sense into how they would be good at all like it, it just looked like trash to me uh and then as game the game came out i uh started to play them and went wait this fits into my play style in a very specific way that i really like um and so i have for a while now enjoyed cabal even if I don't find wins that often or whatever. I still just like the play style. Uh, we talked a little bit about that game where I was uh, sandwiching a Mahawked as Cabal. That game just constantly felt like, and, and some of this is me getting ahead of myself when I sit down to play and I go, well, Cabal's not very good, so I better not let anybody get anything over me or my game's even more in the toilet, right? If one bad thing happens, that's probably it for me is a bit of the mentality I sit down with. And I think that does me a disservice because then I don't take opportunities when they are presented to me, right? So in that game where Sar said, hey, you and me can eat Mahawked, and I went, well, but I got to fight a flagship. That probably would have been fine. But I sort of, the uncertainty spooks me, and I just assume 
that I'll I'll fall by the wayside and I've just given the game to Sar and all the other players will be mad at me because I let Sar win. You know, and I, my my brain goes to some audacious places uh, when it comes to uh, how I choose to blame myself for different things. I don't want people to be mad at me because I support swapped with Sar or something, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't want people to judge you. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a Matt's therapy time too. Yeah, <laughs> along with the cabal anecdotes. Yeah. Matt's therapy time. Yeah, so Matt, why why do you feel that way? Why do you I feel don't that... No, we're not doing this. We're not doing Matt's therapy corner on this show. Save that for okay. the video game one. Uh, All right. So uh, beyond that, uh, watching tournament games, something I feel like I've noted is, so the main people I've watched is Big Al Cappuccino. It, I've been trying to watch recent stuff because I feel like earlier games are too crazy. Last year, a lot of stuff was just like defined by the second Cabal gets picked, chat freaks out and everybody doesn't know what's going to happen because Cabal was picked like less than 10 times or whatever in the entirety of last year's tournament. Um, mm. They're still not picked that often, so you can almost say the same, but p- people just had a fear of Cabal last year. Um, but... I've been watching some Big Al Cappuccino. He played as Cabal and had a, a weird game. And Hunter and I have both talked about the idea that Big Al Cappuccino is a hard player to watch when you are thinking about faction-specific stuff because Big Al <laughs> he's Cappuccino... He's hard to watch. He's, you know, no, he's, he's just hard to watch. <laughs> he, Big Al Cappuccino is a poker player uh, in, in, at heart in how it feels. Big Al Cappuccino... Does Big Al play poker? Oh, well, not, that's not what that. I'm saying. I'm not saying in reality. Oh. I'm saying stylistically, Big Al Cappuccino doesn't play the hand he's dealt. He plays the table. He plays the hand that he thinks everybody else has, and he makes up a hand of his own. We've seen him do stuff as Winu and as Cabal, where it's like, you're not even using... Ca- Big Al Cappuccino forgot to use his agent three rounds in a row in his prelim game of this year's tournament. Whoa. Was and it early? Was it like round one? It was. I think it must have been round two through four or something like that. Okay. I and mean, they just kept yeah. forgetting to use it. It's really essential on round one. I feel like after yeah. round one, I mean, you don't. You, if you have a good economy, then it probably you probably won't even notice right. that you didn't have it. You know. Right. But the the point being, Big Al Cappuccino plays a vanilla faction of his own and then just works the table in every other conceivable way. So the other big player I want to talk about that I think everybody needs to start paying attention to, and I think Pendle. Uh, uh, sorry, Pendle is the person I'm talking about, and I think Pendle <laughs> should be our person who writes a treatise on Cabal. I don't know if Pendle has yeah. any interest in writing something, but I think players no, yeah, should pay yeah. attention to Pendle. Pendle yeah. into, hey, Pendle, write like a big treatise on Cabal now, because we asked for it, all right? We asked you to. <laughs> uh, Pendle played as Cabal in game four of this year's prelims, and mm-hmm. then in my game that we had recently, now, I, uh, disclaimer, the game we played was a homebrew game, but it was a tournament-style homebrew game where we played four stage one public objectives, four stage two public Perfect. objectives. Everyone had four secrets, and we played to 12 points. So a slightly different shape of the game. Yeah, but... yeah just, all you did was change the victory condition, so it's not really that different. A lot of it is probably going to work and be admissible in court. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave so it's slightly alone. different in that so the mean. winning part is different now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Good point. Thanks. Thank you for that, Hunter. Uh, no, the, the, the pace of the game uh, both fell under the same idea, which is uh, in the draft. The game, uh, Pendle made or break, broke their game in the draft. Uh, in their tournament game, they took mm. speaker first, which is not a requirement of a cabal play. You actually don't no. care about speaker order pretty much at all. But then because they were second in pick in their draft, 
uh, which meant, yeah, I'm just going to nab speaker, speaker and see what happens. And so then when it sure. came back around to them, you know, you know you're going to get things pretty close to each other. You only have one person interrupting your two final picks. And by the time it got back to them, all of the slices that were left had been picked. They had three slices uh, sitting in front of them. Uh, and they and Duval uh, or not Duval, but Zroyster, the other player picking, had already chosen their slice. So like their second choice was to go ahead and take Cabal because to pick a slice would be foolish. You, you're you're not going to lose access to the three slices you have there. Right. Um, but they could see that they were going to have either Soft Launch, which is a notably good Cabal slice in uh, the prelims because there are uh, adjacent to Mechatol is a 1-3 planet, and in your mm -hmm. equidistant is a 1-3 planet. So you can nab yeah. a bunch of influence right away right. if you want to, and that's, that's like a, a perfect setup for Cabal. Yeah. Um, so that's one option. The other is Custodian's Gambit, which has Aaron Amir right, right next to home, tons of influence, and then Cormand adjacent, which if you go to Cormand and drop one of your own dimensional tears in there, you basically override the problem that Cormand has for everybody else. The regular else, rift, yeah. And you can just use it as you would any of your other dimensional tears. Uh, right. Pendle ended up going with that slice, which I think is a great choice. Both of them not bad, but uh, Aaron Amir is a slightly more protected source of influence, right? Uh, totally. In our homebrew game, we did kind of a weird uh, test auction method for the draft that effectively still had the same styles of choices being made. It was effectively like a broken up multi draft. And basically Pendle put all of his eggs into the basket of, I want Cabal. I want all of my equidistance to have a ton of influence. And I want my slice to have a green skip or, or like a, a, a decent enough influence. I forget what all was exactly, but like those were the only three things that uh, Pendle invested in in our game. They didn't care about speaker order. They didn't care about all these other things. They just wanted Cabal and influence. And in both games, Pendle was at nine points going into the final round. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, in Big Al Cappuccino's great. game, he was at nine points going into the final round. I keep yeah, seeing right. evidences of games where, yeah, Cabal makes it to nine, no problem. You Like you said earlier, Hunter, there's this thing where it's pretty likely cabal's gonna find their guac in like the mid game or if not round two right mm -hmm. like you're gonna do imperial and um i i think what we're seeing is you know cabal can take mechatol fairly reliably they can probably hold it decently well if they want to um sometimes you just go in for that one imperial point and get out or whatever but maybe there's an issue of cabal getting to nine and then they already were kind of a threat and aren't getting like helped a lot all game. And then the second they're at nine, they're definitely not getting any help. And then right. they just don't have a closer. Like you said, there's no, there's nothing that finishes the game for them. Whereas other factions get all these goofy things that they can start doing to offer deals. You got stupid like Hakan mechs that can give people planets. Like everybody has weird little tools. Yeah. Whereas Cabal has like not really anything. I do think in the late game, is really your time to try to get uh, the Crucible to start maybe doing some some stuff. Uh, but again, that just all depends on where the gum is. If, if there's gum in the way, then yeah, movement doesn't get anybody anywhere. But if you can start really selling the Crucible, maybe that does some stuff for you. I don't know. I don't actually have evidence of that. I, I will say Pendle was not out there selling Crucible a lot in terms of being the salesman. But in our particular game, people were asking for the Crucible a fair amount. We were doing a lot of wacky stuff. And so uh, Cabal was actually getting to be a part of the meta and getting to be kind of a nice guy Cabal that le meant Cabal was getting left alone 
for a significant proportion of the game, which then meant in the late game, they were in an unstoppable position, which we've talked about before. If Cabal can just be left alone oh, sure. and get the plastic yeah. going, they are going to do like, then it all just becomes about whether or not they effectively have the speaker order because their, their plastic will be unmatched by almost every other faction at the table. And that was definitely true in this game. I think the Christmas land start for Cabal is uh, they take politics. Someone else takes construction. No one takes speaker or no one takes custodians round one. Yep. I think is amazing. If they can get two double guac um, in uh, in one game, I feel like Cabal is going to be in a great spot because yep. they can frequently extort in like a in like a setup where the players do not want to support swap or maybe they specifically don't want to support swap with you. It's really easy to be in that position of, Hey, I can go here yeah. right now right. and that will hurt you. So let's support swap. Most people will agree to that. That almost doesn't even feel like extortion for sure. So in the game where you get really and let's bear in mind, I have not had this game yet, but, but it seems possible. All that I think it would really require is a structure objective to come out as the first two on yeah. that first two flip you know, four structures or three structures outside of home, whatever, comes out, okay? You take politics, which, by the way, this means you're not scoring round one, unless, let's say you can score the other one for some reason. I don't even know what that would be that you would be able to score. Sometimes but, it's a thing like more planets, like if Push Boundaries is out there, Cabal can, like, get to the systems that inherently have more planets and can get sure. to be neighbors with enough people or whatever. Like, they can jump through wormholes in weird ways. Con some, some control objectives, I think, become options because Cabal just has more options of what planets they can take round one because of that movement. Yeah, but push is always hard whenever you have one planet in the home system. Yep. So I don't know. Yes. It, it, it's a lot of random things to imagine, but let's say like it's four structures. Let's say nobody scores round one. Maybe that's a more likely outcome. That happened is, in this game. Yeah, the game yeah. I played where Pendle was doing great. It's because like the, the first two stage ones were two and two and four structures. And so that meant nobody could score anything round one. Ooh, so four structures did come up in yep. this game. That's yep. interesting. Yep. Yeah, I feel like there's something about that objective and the other one that has to do with structures that really helps Cabal. Yeah. Because if they can get to do the secondary of construction, yep. that's, a, that's a big, big difference to me um, than the world where, you know, they have to take construction themselves. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Matt, you mentioned earlier that you had a secret sauce, a, a, oh, a yeah. hidden <laughs> a special well, thing that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I do want to get to that. I want to, before, just right before that, I just want to say the other really funny thing about this most recent game with uh, Pendle as Cabal was Pendle uh, lucked themselves into Junior, the relic that, that oh, gives yeah, you structures. Cool. Yeah, here's, yeah. So here's the most anecdote bit of this episode. That uh, rules with Cabal because Cabal's whole thing is trying to get your three space docks out as fast as possible anyways, right? right? Mm -hmm. So then the second you have Junior, Junior becomes this thing where you can scuttle your space docks and move them to other places right. just depending on what the round needs. So for three bucks, you can pull a space dock away from somewhere where you've already committed it and move it to somewhere else that gives you the movement to where you actually wanted to go. The biggest right. problem with Cabal is like you make this commitment of these are where my three space docks are and uh -huh. I really, really you only choose two because one's at home. So that means my range is this. This this little sphere is my entire yep. range all game. Yep. Junior completely changes that and you get to do it every single round. Like once per round, you get to be like, well, what? where do I actually need to go this round? Let's see where I can move a space dock to. Yeah. And it ruled. And just as a bonus thing, <laughs> he pulled the space dock from his home system 
to move it to Mechatol Rex so he could just like do all sorts of crazy stuff at Mechatol Rex. And what he left behind was nine ground forces for the secret objective to have nine ground forces where there isn't a space dock. So that was just like perfect luck. So, oh yeah, the secret to Cabal is like have really good luck with like a perfect relic that perfectly sure. synergizes yeah, with yeah. the secrets that you got, whatever, you know, there, there, there's that aspect to it. But it was a very, very cool thing to see happen and I think defined uh, Pendle's mid game. But here's my secret sauce based on the stuff I've seen. Uh, what I think uh, you can do as Cabal and the, the first point I want to drive home is what Hunter said earlier, which is if you are not getting into a slice without great influence, not good, not decent, if you're not getting a slice with great influence, I do not think Cabal is worth playing. I, it, like, if you're talking and I'm like, I want to win, this is a tournament game, I wouldn't right. take Cabal if I wasn't getting a really good influence. I want at least six influence that I'm dedicated towards uh, command counters every single round. And then in theory, I'm also going to take Mechatol Rex so that I can buy four command counters every round, plus my two that I get in the status phase, six extra command counters per round. Like, I think that is critical to a Cabal's success uh, as a baseline, (laughs) right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From there, what is developing in my head is this idea that you need to bank as many of those command counters as possible uh, because I think Cabal needs to be thought a little bit like an Isarl or a Nomad. That is, you sort of, in the final rounds, round four, round five maybe, in a, in a standard 10-point game, uh, you're going to stall as much as possible and then take a bunch of monumental actions that define the rest of your game. You have to force yourself into a position where you can have a game-changing moment. So they don't have an inherent ability that gives them that game-changing ability, right? They don't have flagships that can move out of activated systems like Nomad does. But you're not playing them without high influence, and that's your game-changing ability for the end game is... I'm going to focus on laying low and building plastic all game and scoring points little by little, but but doing as little as possible. I'm not going to stretch too far out because I, I don't want to waste any command counters. I don't want to do anything extra because I'm totally. I'm stocking up and as many command counters as possible. Pendle had a round. I think Pendle's round to do this was even too early, but it was still a game-changing maneuver of they stalled the whole table out and then they spent like five or six actions after everybody had passed moving from here to here to here to here to take all of these different planets to accomplish all of these different goals that sort of carried them through the rest of the game. If you can do that in like a round four scenario in a decisive way, all of this depends on the objectives dealt in your game, obviously. But I'm just saying that's the kind of things I think you set up for is the the worst things that can happen to a cabal is getting too far ahead of themselves and already having a negative meta. And then that negative meta forces them into the dirt in the late game. If you can be ignored for the mid game and then have a big game breaking play in the late game that's going to be a big, bigger ticket to success. I'm not saying you can like perfectly engineer that situation every single game, but I do think that's the secret sauce to Cabal. That's when Cabal finds a win, is when they do manage to accomplish that goal. So if you're trying to sit down and focus on Cabal, I think that's what you have to focus on, is like, I got to do all of the objectives without anybody paying attention to me, so that in round four, I have like four or five extra command counters <laughs> to then do a bunch of crazy stuff. That's a Christmas tree. I recognize that that's like a tall order, but I'm, I think that's 
the key to reliable cabal success is engineering that situation to the best of your ability. Yeah, so that's interesting. I feel like what you're suggesting, though, is not like doesn't really have anything to do with what I was talking about before, which was like the various abilities that certain factions have that just kind of allow them to lock it up. I'll, I'll reword. I think what you're talking about is a a a sort of flaw that Cabal has to play against. I agree. Which is just the, this idea of overspending command sure. counters. The benefit that they're using is that's where the bonus movement from the dimensional tears comes in. You are going to reach places that other people cannot reach. So your the the range to which you can accomplish goals on the map is larger than most factions, even just by a little bit and in some cases by a lot of it. I mean, if you get like your space dock on Malice in a wormhole heavy map, like you're going to accomplish a lot of things that game. If you're if, if you've got a space dock on Mechatol Rex and that isn't drawing too much heat to you, it's going to draw some heat no matter what. But if you can be launching off from Mechatol to a bunch of different spaces, I think there's a lot of potential there. So I think their I think their game closer ability is that movement, and what you do for the early and mid game is build up the plastic so that that movement is capitalized on in the late game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I, I don't disagree um, at all. Uh, I I just want to call out um, Pendle in general. I think is a really great player. Yeah. And if you're interested in just watching Pendle play, just yeah. like oh, I just want to check out this player. Uh, Pendle played in the third game of the very first tournament yep. um, that we ever did, which uh, that's cool. Pendle's OG. Um, it played in a game with uh, Kraken and Rafflemeister and Zendog and Ledgeman wow. Rolo and uh, Shoes Bob, who I don't know if I've ever seen again. That's but a stacked game, though, for, for the first tournament. That's pretty stacked. <laughs> yeah. And then Pendle played in the next tournament, um, in Tournament 2, which was uh, the 2020 tournament. Um, in game eight versus uh, Magi. Wow. Um, in that game. So game number eight in the prelims is also Pendle. Uh, obviously, those are both pre-POK. Um, I don't have a Pendle game for tournament three. I'm not sure if that means that Pendle didn't play or if Pendle was in one of the qualifiers that was not preserved. Yeah. Um, and of course, you can see Pendle in tournament four, uh, in game four, uh, playing as Cabal, which is mostly what we've been talking about. Um, and also... This Homebrewers Guild game, which, Matt, I think you've made it a requirement that this game go it on will. YouTube now. Oh, it's definitely yeah. It's a great game. It was super fun, um, and it's, it's I would say, homebrew light. Like, yeah, we changed the victory conditions in quotes, but uh, we'll have a whole... I, I could do a whole spiel at the end of this episode if you want about 444 to talk. Oh, yeah, points. you should. It was great. You uh, should. But, but I do not think it fundamentally changes the game. I think it just sort of tightens some screws that needed tightening, um, so... That's that's my little mini take. Do you think there. it's better than than regular? Uh, I, I don't think we're there yet. I'm not going to say that. Okay. But it's okay. it is on the pathway to maybe finding something better. I think it is. I think there are things to glean from it. There's no better. Let's actually let's get that out of the way. There's no better. There's just different, and maybe sometimes it's fun to slightly tweak the the things to make it feel different. Right? We want each tournament to feel distinct rather than like six years of the same things being good every single year. That's kind of my yeah. vibe. So okay. it, it's different in a way that is engaging. Okay. Um, so where to next, Matt? Where do we want to take this episode? Um, I, I wrote down a couple things here uh, and then you, you had your progress updates on like our specific questions, which I know we don't really have. We sort of have only, we've already talked about the only question we've answered, but I, I wanted to answer these two questions of 
what is what's definitively bad and what is definitively good for Cabal. And I wrote some stuff down. And Hunter, maybe you can add things to it if you if you think of stuff. I don't know, but I, I just wanted to be able to remark that the things I've noted that are bad are tech objectives, which have come up in almost every single game I've had or watched with Cabal. Two tech and two colors mm-hmm. seems to always comes up. If it's two unit upgrades, I'm not that worried about it. But two and two, Dude, that's is super easy. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, uh, and in fact, in this Pendle game recently, it's amazing that Pendle was in the position they got into because we had two and two colors, two and four colors, and three unit upgrades all come up. Oh, uh, wow. So Pendle could only score one of those within the entire game and still got to nine and I'll say won the game. It, it, we ended on like a weird note, but Pendle won that game um, as Cabal. So tech objectives, annoying. Influence and command counter objectives, super annoying. Last thing I want to do is spend my very important influence on just burning for points. I need right. that stuff for potential in the late game. Those are maybe the worst things that can come up for Cabal because it kills any of your potential. If if you lose a bunch of command counters or influence, which is then seemingly command counters, to just these points, you've lost your ability to do anything in the late game. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That kind of goes along with what you were saying before, Matt. Um, are there any other objectives that you feel like are not good for Cabal? I was trying to think of like secrets that are like specifically bad, and it's not like anything inherently came to mind. Uh, there, you know, in one game, Pendle had the four of one color, and it's like it was annoying for them to have to go down and get uh, Duranium armor and assault cannon, and I don't think either of those two techs contributed into a like shockingly meaningful way for their game but it's not mm-hmm. like it's wild it's not like it's impossible for you to do like you're going to get two red techs you're getting vortex i think that has been decided about cabal you're getting vortex that is effectively an ability that cabal has and you just have to unlock it it's like a second commander you need to do <laughs> is get vortex do i think that's universally i'm sure you could play a game without vortex but i haven't seen a game yet where somebody didn't get vortex uh in the last like, i did year I, yeah. I haven't. I, I didn't get Vortex in in all of my games. Um. Uh. Not to. Sorry, I said that weird. That I didn't get it in every single one of my games. Right. I I got it in most, but not all. Yeah. Um. I find that Vortex is rough if uh, you do not have a second space dock that's going to be somewhere where it can actually yeah. capture units. Yeah. You know. Um. So sometimes like you just can't actually meet the. And if I can capture like. All I can capture is like a trade ship, like a destroyer or something. It's like big whoop. That's yeah. not helping with like my economy or anything. It's a stall, which sure. is good. There's sure. nothing wrong with a stall. But if it's if it just feels like a stall, then I kind of question its uh, necessity. Yep. Basically, yeah, I but agree. Yeah, with that. I, I, I think I think it is something that people consider. Uh, pretty essential but i just think it's also kind of like niche and specific Mm -hmm. i will say in line with the idea of like i want to do an asarl or nomad style play i i get why vortex biostims sling relay sells into that idea because it's effectively two to three extra stalls uh, within a round to then let you do all your actions everybody else has accomplished their things so It, it it nowadays makes more sense to me why people write, write home about those texts because if the prevailing theory is I want to do my most meaningful actions as late in the round as possible as Cabal and especially as late in the game as possible as Cabal then Vortex and Sling Relay and having Biostims will do that but we've always questioned if you can get all three of those texts. I think Sling Relay is like you said earlier the most out of the way. You should never rely on getting Sling Relay but you can probably get Biostims uh, in some games. I don't know. I think you need the green skip. Um, in terms of what's good for Cabal, 
I do think control objectives are inherently great for them because they can get to just like so many places. Um, and like we talked about, you want influence in your slice. If you can get lots of planets around where you need to be or even space control objectives, like you're good at all of that. And the more of those you see, the better. Uh, Hunter, I think you isolated one really important thing is boy, are you begging for a structure objective to be on the flop. One of those first two changes your whole game if it's a structure objective because then it makes construction a necessity of the entire table, not just you, and that will define your game for sure. Yeah, being able to follow the secondary of construction at some point in your game is, I think, a completely different game than when you never get to do that. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that it feels like so often that, that it is kind of like that. It is like... Well, there's no structure objectives out, so and none of these players are interested in taking construction. Yeah. So I guess I do, and uh, yeah, it can be rough in that way. Yeah. Uh, well, do we want to give a, a, a micro uh, progress update to the, oh, sure, the yeah. questions we can, that we, we asked can do it fast if you just want to go through in it in real the theory quickly. craft thing? Because um, sure. I, I don't think we've really done any of these things, but but we can maybe comment on anecdotally why these things haven't been done yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, Matt, what do you think about our first one, which is <laughs> eat your neighbor? Yeah. We suggested that as something that well, Cabal could do. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's getting more and more clear that eating your neighbor is maybe never good ever in any situation. I think it's so in my game as Soul uh, against the Cabal, my neighbor was Arborek. Shout out to Brassbird who tried to eat me, but then didn't commit to the bit. And then the two of us sort of half ate each other all game, and it just made us like in a really tough spot for a significant portion of the game. Uh, Hunter, you brought up your story of de maybe going for yin and then kind of choosing not to. I I think at the end of the day, eating your neighbor is just a suggestion that's like, who of us wants to do that at our TI table? I think the nature of most of the games Hunter and I play means we're probably not going to try to eliminate someone. Yeah, I just feel like um, it's, easier to extort someone for a support for the throne than it is to eat them yep and a support for the throne gets you a point yep. uh eating your neighbor just removes a player from the field and also makes it so that now there's an odd number of players uh which means you could get left out of a support swap mm -hmm. which would mean that you are likely going to be the loser especially if you are the one doing all the work eating your neighbor then people are going to be inclined to maybe leave you out of the support swaps yep. because it's just generally seen as bad form so I'm not even really sure Cabal is good enough at eating the neighbor yeah. in order to do this. I'm not really sure what they have that makes them so good at that. I think they're bad at it because, like we said earlier, with, with Sar and even Arborek, they refill on the front lines and Cabal doesn't. So so eating your neighbor doesn't actually make any sense because you, you have to lose the units. You have to eat the units from your neighbor and then rebuild them far away and then send them in again. Like, it's just way too slow of a process to make that make any sense. You also have a plastic cap. No matter how you cut it, yep. you have five dreads. That's it. You don't get more dreads just because you need more dreads. Right. Or you have the the capacity to have do more dreads. I feel like if we could get that somehow unlocked for Cabal, if it could be different for Cabal, then I right. think they would be a slightly different faction. And maybe we would be talking about how eating your neighbor is fundamentally something you can do. Um, but we're not, you know, that's not even possible within the scope of the game right now to just give them extra dreads. Yep. So that doesn't really work. Um, I feel like while, uh, I haven't had a game where I specifically tried to eat my neighbor and then failed, uh, it has never seemed appealing or I've never been in a point where I was like, I can go in there and finish them off. I've only been in situations where it's like, I could threaten here 
and that would be bad and maybe cost them the game but i have not seen an opportunity to straight up eliminate a right. player so that's been that's been a tough one yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt, what do you think about Cruiser 2? <laughs> I have no idea. No no takes yet. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it a single time uh, and haven't tried it myself. Uh, that's the one I do want to put like top of my list, my next game as Cabal. I'm going to try to Vortex a Cruiser round one, I guess. Vortex a trade ship or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I wanna, I'd like to try to get that Cruiser 2 ASAP and see, see where it goes from there, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, this is the one I have no thoughts on either. I don't think I, we had any thoughts in the theory crafting episode about it. We just said like, hey, I guess Cruiser 2 exists. And yeah. that's basically how I feel now. Um, <laughs> I haven't been in a position where I felt like Cruiser 2 had some sort of utility that I needed. Um, I also haven't seen anyone else do it. Um, so yeah, just no real info here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope to do it. But I would, I would need to play, I think, games that are just kind of set up for the theory. Yeah. Which is kind of a tough ask, I feel like, of people. Right. People prefer to play, like, you know, serious, like, practice games. So, yeah, it's very hard to do kind of, like, science-y games where it's like, let me do this, yeah. and then we'll just see what happens. Right. Um, right. People don't really want to do that. Anyways, uh, Dimensional Hunter, Tier 2. Yeah, yeah. You, you had a game with Dimensional Tier 2 where you did, in fact, think you almost went for it, and then, what, you were able to, you completely talked yourself out of it because it's still, there was just no value. Is that right? Um, I wanted to I wanted to try it because I felt like if I could have more fighters, um, because it's very easy to capture a lot of fighters yeah. as Cabal. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe having more fighters above my um, space stocks was worth it. The problem is that carriers carry fighters <laughs> also. So yep. I didn't do it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Big Al did it in his prelim game, uh, game number one of the prelims, but it was like, the last tech he got before the game ended and I did not see any meaningful use out of it in any way, shape or form. So yeah, uh, nothing, nothing there. Not didn't, didn't see, feel it was important at all. So still I I'm with cruiser two. I have no thoughts with dimensional tear two. I just, I just think it's a bad tech yeah. basically. It yeah. just needs something else. I feel like um, the next one is AI dev into vortex into war sons. Yeah. What do we think about this? Kind of a meme, but I still think, I'm gonna, I mean, my goal is to try War Sons with everybody. Soul, checked off the list. All right, we did it. There's one. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, if I, it, it's interesting to me that uh, in the game where the player had four techs of a color, they went uh, Duranium Armor uh, Assault Cannon into Dreadnought 2 instead of Vortex AI Dev One More Red Tech and War Sons, right? I, I, I think that is interesting to note that even mm. in like the best case argument for why you might decide to go for war sons someone still didn't get war sons uh right so yeah because for most games of cabal a war sun still costs 12 dollars because it's very rare you're going to capture a war sun and it makes it not that worth it of a unit for them i haven't gotten to play with a muat neighbor yet yeah but that's the only way i think this works i think you research you research war sons the, the regular old way yeah and then you capture the extra muat war sun in order to build it to build. for free right i don't think there's a world where you get to capture a war sun use it to research yep and then build it like that's just because one of the strengths of cabal is the fact that i kind of look at my slice and i'm like i don't need any of this money right all i need is influence like i'll i with cabal i will spend 
suboptimally yeah. just to get more command counters. Because sure. I know at the end of the day, that's all I care about. And a lot of the times, especially in round three, round four, round five, um, I have so many units in my capture area that that's enough for my fleets. I don't need to also spend money on top of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that we gave progress on, on updates on, we sort of already talked about, and that's just the SAR Cabal thing. I, I do still think it's a thing worth uh, finishing signing the deal on and and we can we can write yeah. off two birds with one stone we can eat a neighbor and partner with a sar to eat that neighbor probably a i don't think either of them are gonna feel good like i i just don't i think in the end it's not gonna have uh paid off but uh, we'll see well that's that's one that i'm gonna check back in on myself i i still just i, I at this point i really question the logic of sar needing you yeah. Um, in exactly. a way, I feel like you sort of have to suggest to Sar that you're going to mutually assure destruction them yeah. in order to get them to cooperate with you. Mm -hmm. And so that, I think, is an essential part. Like, I just don't think Sar needs you is yeah. the problem. Yeah. You need Sar. Sar doesn't need you. Um, yeah. Sar can get away with your aggression hurting you. Um, and the fact that you're both going to compete for Mexal Rex, what does Sar care? Sar's going to get there before you do mm -hmm. with Custodians. And then whenever you come in to attack to take Mechadol Rex, Sar's just going to be like, yeah, whatever, I got my guac. Yeah, maybe you'll see me next time. In in the game I played, there was an asteroid field next to Mechadol Rex, and the Sar player had chaos mapping. So it was just kind of like, We're done. whatever. Yeah. They just got out, you know? There was there was no, there was no well, I've really got Sar here. They're going to have to play nice with me. No, they did not need to. Right. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I question the logic of it. Um, I do think that so in this particular situation, they were sitting across the table from me. I think sitting, pincering someone still might have some value. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's that's kind of how things are going so far for Cabal Hunter. I, I'm curious. Do you feel like at this point, and we talked about this a bit, but I'm, I'm now wondering, do you feel like you're like ready for a break from Cabal before you sort of revisit them, or you, do you still have like a, a thirst to get a couple more games in before you're before you no. sort of move on? So I think that, for, like, if there's anything that I've learned, especially from us recording this episode, it's that our Cabal stuff is not going to a new interesting place. Yeah, right. So I would say that what we need to do is take a break, mm -hmm. step away from Cabal, and Agreed. maybe play. A different faction that might be more exciting because uh, frankly they're just they just don't get me they just don't get me going yep. yeah. um basically and i feel like i did not really find a lot of hidden thing like i didn't find some sort of new potential even your secret sauce matt was just have like save just, command just be in a really just, good slice it. and that's it yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's no it's not it's not particularly not ability right. yeah <laughs> agreed i i agree yeah. completely i i do not recommend it as like the new you know, I, I we call it secret sauce, but I really don't even mean it as that. It is just you could just do this, and it's probably more reliable than not doing it, I guess. Uh, but but that doesn't, you know, I don't write that home. And again, I also think it's fairly uh, Christmas landy. I think it's pretty like you have to have set everything up perfectly for it, and you need to have a lot of things not go wrong. Uh, the the one other takeaway I guess I wanted to drive home is this idea that. In the early game, uh, especially with this structure problem, it feels like it's really hard for Cabal to engineer a scenario where they get to like do that custodians thing, Hunter. You lined up the scenario like it would be great if somebody else takes construction and you get to take politics. Whereas it feels like most often Cabal ends up having to take construction themselves. And that kind of right. screws up 
their early game choices. And then I see so often a Cabal take Imperial in round two or three. And what that ends up doing, it seems like usually, is it means they're passing on the opportunity to get speaker control, do some sort of uh, politics play. And it feels like every game I watched, Cabal was in a really bad speaker order in the last round. So even though they went into the final round at nine points, didn't matter. They're, right. they're picking bad fifth speaker. or sixth or whatever. In right. our particular game where Pendle won, it's because we passed checks and balances in the final moment. And we completely ruined the point of a strategy phase. So uh, Pendle got to end up with diplomacy, even though they were fifth pick uh, that round. So... Pretty good, uh, all things considered for them. Um, that so, is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a very strange uh, thing for them to need to focus on all these other things, especially, too, I mean, if you consider, if we're talking about, oh, I want a bunch of influence, you're probably trying to take leadership a couple times, too. Ideally, you don't have to, and you have the influence in your slice to, to handle it, but I do think that's the other thing that breaks a Cabal game is just like, well, you just can't get into a speaker order position to be relevant in the final round and that's more and more just my frustration with the game at large is like man how many factions are broken by i don't get to just pick politics every round and do shenanigans with like my neighbor or whatever um and cabal is one of those factions even though they're like more powerful than a lot of the factions that also suffer from that they do have some strategy card needs that push them away from prioritizing round five yeah, um, there was actually something I did in game four in order to get a hold of the speaker token. Um, uh, the fourth game that, that I played, that is. I don't know why I called it game four, because it's not like you know the listener. <laughs> um, where at the end of the game, we needed to win Slay Soul, and um, basically, I was the only one that could do it. Uh, everyone was trying to help out, but no one could really get there with a bunch of things. Soul was my neighbor. Mm. And I told Isarl... If you give me speaker token, I will win slay soul. Now, what I didn't know was that also Sar was going to then immediately win slay me. Although I'd argue it wasn't really a win slay yet because we hadn't seen the stage two. Right. Now, once the stage two flipped, it was something that I could have done. So it was like kind of a reverse win slay, but it's mostly just out of let's just I don't know. We he's open. Let's get him. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. It's generally a good thing to do. Um, but overall, yeah, pretty sick of them. Don't really want to play them anymore. Um, I would like to move forward and yep. play something else. So Matt, w Matt, tell us, <laughs> tell me, Matt, 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 just let us know what's next. What's next? What's well, next for us? we're actually, and I don't know, by the time this episode, uh, I mean, we're releasing this like immediately after we record it. But what we have decided is, first off. The defining feature of Cabal is it feels like actually not like a lot of kind of uh, freedom and, and uh, opportunity, maybe. Uh, and so we want to play something with a lot of freedom. Uh, and conveniently, the top two factions in the Fantasy Flight uh, faction runoff, they've been doing a March Madness of all the factions. The final yeah. two are Hakan yeah. and Ghosts. And both right. of those sound like killer options of something to do yeah, next. Totally, That's like a totally. a totally different game than Cabal. Really opens things up. So we're gonna do whichever wins. Whoever wins uh, the Fantasy Flight top faction, we, we're gonna do. We're gonna just be total corporate shills, you know, because Fantasy Flight's always feeding us that money to just follow their step. You know, do exactly what they're asking us to oh, do. Oh, Matt, don't we're talk gonna... about all the secret dark <laughs> money we get from Fantasy Flight games to do this. 
to do this show. To do this show. Yeah. yeah uh, don't reveal that we actually work for the company, basically, <laughs> that we're secret employees of Fantasy Flight Games. We've been sent to infiltrate the masses. Mm-hmm. We don't like this game. We've never even played Twilight Imperium. Yeah. yeah. And we are like, it's like a psyop or- on... Uh-huh. is the storyline that we just do whatever's popular, right? Whichever of these factions wins, it's just the most popular faction. So we don't we don't have any like creativity to this. I don't, I'm, tr- I'm trying to come up we with We definitely don't have thing. any creativity. Yeah. Um so check out go to Fantasy Flight's Twitter and then you can there's like a Google form where you can vote. Yeah. I don't even know if this episode will well, no, this episode's coming, coming out. Right today. You should be able to vote yeah. and it's like currently it's like their top tweet. So you can you can vote on either Hakan or Ghosts. I'd like to do Ghosts personally, but I'll do Hakan. I don't care. They're both great. Uh but yeah, go vote for your favorite faction of all factions uh of, of right, those except two. Except you only have these two choices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if you didn't know that Fantasy Flight was doing this, you're yeah. just finding out now. Uh, sorry, you missed the boat, mm-hmm. but now you can pick between Hakan and Ghost. Which one do you want to hear us talk about? We're going to talk about one of them yep. uh, for like a month or so. Uh, and then hopefully, I don't know, I feel like, I feel bad. I feel like we kind of let y'all down with uh, with this one. Uh, I think in the future, as we go, this format will get a lot better, a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we didn't really find a lot of interesting observations that weren't already apparent. Uh, with Cabal. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of potential in Hakan, especially, and definitely Ghost, yeah. um, to find new, weird, wacky things to do and report back to you, to you about them. Yeah. And I think that's uh, an exciting potential future. For sure. I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Brian, Kaluan, Dark Jutsu, Goondock, Ignoring My PhD, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Bagels, Emlashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, RYs, and Fancy Zeeling. And I want to thank Mama's lovely larva. My son is also named Bort, Anvilir, Nerf Zerg, Tautology is what it is. Frank G, Gaskio, Rekka, Lord Raddington, Jadim Jedi, Elite Barbecue, Rolo, Uncle Batty, and Teddy's Jam for you. All right, we've got a Galactic Council poll that is out. If you're in the Galactic Council poll, please hit it up. You have four choices. Um, The race is decently tight right now, okay? Only about 200 people have weighed in. There's a lot more that could weigh in on this poll, for the record. Yeah. Here are your options. Uh, The first one is introducing Matt and Hunter to Spirit Island. We're going to play Spirit Island, and then we would talk about it. Uh, Second option is an overview of the Community Plays TI, which is a weird thing that's happening. There's a separate Discord for it. It's very strange. Uh, I'm on Team Mentac. Go Team Mentac. All the other teams suck. Um, (laughs) The third option is a guide to the SCPT Discord. We've talked about doing this before. Uh, This is kind of the last month option, I feel like, for this one, where we just kind of give you a tour of the Discord if you're not familiar with it. Uh, to kind of help new people in the community. Uh, your last option is SCPT plays the morning Euro crew game where we just play with the with Imsen and Deft and, and Micmac Moose and all these people that are Euros that play in a weird, uh, well, not necessarily that weird, but a, a different time slot than we yeah. would normally play with. Right. Um, and they're kind of an infamous group and it would be fun to just kind of play with them and then report back. Yeah. What I find most hilarious about that choice is the necessity of uh, it's Euro morning, which is uh, that would be a thing where Hunter and I have to play a game at like one or two a.m. <laughs> so that's going to mm-hmm. be a part of the adventure in itself is just the, the necessity of us getting in on that game. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That would just be a fun dynamic. Um, Homebrewers Guild. Okay. This, it's my month. Okay. Daddy's back. Um, this month, I want to do a custom leaders game 
with the explicit goal that we be trying to fix the leaders of a specific group of factions, okay? I, I don't want the goofiest, wildest, weirdest suggestion you have. I want something that you honestly think would make the faction play better. And when I say leaders, I mean agent, commander, and hero. Commander has to have an unlock, okay? So you don't forget about that part. Um, and yeah, just submit some for only these six factions that will be in a game that will play to test out the leaders. So I want custom homebrew leaders for Arborek with a bullet, number one, Arborek. Number two, Barony of Letnev. Number three, Soul. That was not necessarily because we think Soul leaders are bad. It's more like they're just kind of boring. Yeah. Um, number four, Mentak. We'd like some new Mentak leaders with a different uh, vibe and angle. Number five, Titans. New Titans leaders would be cool. And then number six, Cabal. Hey, there it is. New Cabal <laughs> leaders. Throw them in. Yeah. Throw them in there. Um, and yeah, that's what the Homebrewers Guild game will be. Uh, I will reach out. I do not have a date for it at this point. I will reach out later this month to find players to play with me from the Homebrewers Guild. Yeah. Um, but for now, yeah, submit leaders for those factions, and I will look through it, and we'll figure out which we want to use. Yeah, the three of those that most excite me are actually Soul Titans and Cabal, not because any of those factions are bad, but because I do find all of their leader suites basically boring and like not that related to what they do. Um, um, and in Cabal's case, like the hero's pretty thematic, but also very bad. So yeah, I, I just would like to see how can we make those factions interesting again or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how, like totally. play, play off of their themes and do something totally wild with them. Uh, that is, that is different. That, that seems like it will be fun. I would like to get in on this homebrew game. I hope this is one that both of us can play. I would like to play in it. We'll oh see. yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be fun. You can rate this podcast on Apple podcasts, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to it. You can also find our website and that has information about our Patreon our twitter our discord our merch all that stuff you can follow us on all those things you can join our patreon we hope you would uh support the show and you can also send us this imperium life or play of the week stories uh to space cats peace turtles at gmail.com those are stories that are just amazing things that have happened in your games of twilight imperium and here's one for you fresh hunter from banner spear this week's play of the week i'm cabal how fitting <clears throat> I'm Cabal at one point in round four. Round four, one single point. Didn't go well for this Cabal. Due to having basically impossible objectives, and because I had lost every combat without getting a single hit in each one of them. Uh, there's your perfect example of why Cabal's abilities don't really do anything for them, because they can also just not work <laughs> sometimes. Uh, I still try to get as many points as possible, and I invade Necroplayer's Centauri Grawl system to get four industrial planets. I play Reveal Prototype to upgrade my Dreadnought, but then I remember that because there were no four commodity factions, I couldn't have gotten any Dreadnoughts, so I can't have the unit upgrade. Uh, I don't actually know what they're saying right there. But anyways, Necro doesn't move a big fleet there or Diplo the system because I said I will only get the four industrial secret and nothing more. I capture a dread using Vortex and later move into Centauri Grawl system. I score my first hit and I land on Grawl. Next to the Centauri Grawl system, Necro has the Alastor, their flagship, on Evera with four mechs and a space dock and a big fighter screen, which is basically impossible to defeat in combat. So I say... I'm going to use Stellar Converter on Evera. This comes as a surprise for Necro, and immediately they offer me their support for the throne to not use it on Evera. 
But the table decides to give me two support for the thrones to use it on Evera. <laughs> I agree to get the two supports the table has offered, but Necro decides to give their support two and says they will just retaliate hard. I don't know what's going on in Necro's head there, but I love it. <laughs> and after a support swap with Blue, I destroy four Necro mechs with the Alistar and a Space Dock while getting four points to do it. It's the best stellar converter I've ever played. Yeah, that's definitely the best stellar converter I've ever heard of. That's a four point, <laughs> basically a four point stellar converter. I mean, technically it's a three point, but the support swap, I don't know, I'm going to count it. Became part okay? of the deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that became part of the deal, um, which is great. What a what a fun what a fun stellar converter. I feel like it's kind of an underrated relic because it's pretty bad. Yeah. And you get it and you're just kind of sad. Yeah. But Decently often, there's just an interesting potential target. Yeah. Now, whether that target actually gets targeted is kind of another story, uh -huh. but it is fun to think about, at yeah. least, yeah. you know? I've really been embracing my inner scumbag when it comes to like things like insubordination and reactor meltdown. I've really become the worst of all people with those types of cards. And I'm just waiting for my next game where I get Stellar Converter and I just start threatening it at every single opportunity. Just willy-nilly. Yeah, just, yeah. just complete dirtbag. Waste everyone's time. Give me a trade good or I Stellar Convert you. Okay, you give me a trade good. Your turn. You give me a trade good or I Stellar Convert you. I'm just going to start yeah. doing that. That's what I want to do with Stellar Converter because I like to burn hours burn in daylight yeah i would rather just lose than play with you <laughs>Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.